I understand the logistics. I understand that we need to be here <laughs> in the, on the East Coast because of all the, the things, all the shows, all the, all the, the, our schedule that's ramping up. But I'm missing the West. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in the West, you know, you're missing the East. So this could be a, a deep-rooted issue. And we're in the U.S., by the way. So when I say the West, I'm talking about the Rockies. I'm talking about Colorado and Wyoming <laughs> and down around the, the San Juans. We, we've just become so addicted to the variety. So, you know, if you have a day at the beach, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm ready for a day of Rockies. And so vice you, versa. So you're saying there's a chance we can go ahead and pack it up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also saying we love both. So it's hard to decide. But it, I do I do feel like we miss the other thing when we're, you know, when we've been in one. Well, it's you pulling out all those photos on your phone and going, look at this. Look at <laughs> look at the, the hammock here. Look at this this walk by the river in the up in the San Juans. Ah, oh, look a at the, the horseback riding. Yeah. And look at the, the long range. Miss, and you're showing me these photos. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> well, let's go buy a house in the oh Rocky gosh, Mountains. Packing it up. Right. Oh, man, it's probably still do? it's still snowing there, right? Of course. Yeah. I think it's snowing in San Diego. <laughs> Seriously, I saw that. Are you being serious? Yeah, they had some kind of a blizzard warning oh, in Southern my. California. Talk about not being ready for something. Well, let's... We need to talk about this, but probably not on the air. Hey, speaking of not on the air, a listener wrote in, wrote in with the following question. Do you want to read this or you want me to do it? Oh, you go for it. You're the okay. orator. She says, what is it? Where is it? Okay, here. She said, my brain is fast approaching 88 years of life. And <laughs> my brain. It, it conta- well, and she has a That's point funny. here. I read through this just a minute ago. It okay. says it contains many, many thoughts. And a lot of experiences, and it seems to be just filling up. She said, is it possible for new and deep thoughts to have difficulty penetrating into a brain such as mine? That even if that old and full brain has a new imagined existence, that it can be believed that Mm -hmm. someone like myself can return to the abilities of years long gone that were enjoyed when I was young and healthy and beautiful. There is an, she said, there's an outer shell of age that covers the younger one inside of me who still sees himself as that younger person, but their shell hinders their desires. Does it then all become too late? Mm. Good question. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, if I may say, so eloquently stated. Yeah. So I obviously so. The, the older mind is not all bad. Well, this came in after the last podcast and which I think she was just questioning, you know, is she, is she too old to jump, jump on board with, with kinetic belief and to reimagine her life? Mm. Well, you know, here's the thing, and I don't mean to say, you know, that cast that off. You know? It's like, because uh, we, necess- we don't necessarily know, do we, until we it's stop like, and think about this. That always makes me think of like when you read the, the label on almond milk or something, and it's like this kind of gum and that kind of gum. It's like, can't I just have the milk? Can't I just have the almond milk instead well, of all the gum? Here's some almond milk. Thank you. <laughs> Leave off the gum. <laughs> Leave off the ums. The deal is the human brain <laughs> is capable of remarkable transformation at any age mm-hmm. and in regeneration. At any age, wherever there is life, there is always potential. Potential never, it never goes away depending upon the age unless you believe that it is no longer a real thing, because it is not uncommon for people, first of all, uh, um, 
Thank you, Patsy. It's not uncommon for people to believe that the accumulation of thoughts and the accumulation of experiences over a lifetime creates a dense layer of mental activity. While there are more experiential mental files that have been stored, it is still possible to quiet the mind and come into the present moment and access a state of presence and inner peace. The beauty of life is that the present moment is always available to us, regardless of our age, regardless of where you live in the world. And so by learning to focus on the present moment and letting go of of our attachments to the past, the experiences that you had with children, as far as the wishful thinking that somehow these things are going to be relived. You've Mm, you've been there and you've experienced that. So letting go as far as the expectation of that returning into your life and and also letting go of future worries. Maybe you're, you know, we're saturating ourselves with the ideas that the world is constantly, continually pumping out there of fear and uh, television telling its vision of what we should be worried about. So casting all of that down. And when we do that, we tap into this source of infinite potential and infinite possibilities. Look, the universe is filled with an infinite amount of abundance. It never runs out. And so all of which is accessible to anyone, again, at any age, with nothing more than the faith of a child. And so contrary to popular belief, it is not the intellect that that garnishes your life with an abundance. Actually, when reasonings are removed, and we stop reasoning with these ideas of and coming up with excuses. All that's left is the vacuum for attracting the most miraculous of beliefs. Well, and it's interesting. Um, you know, you were you were speaking to um, just the past, and oh my goodness, um, and and how dangerous. I just want to circle back to that because it is so dangerous to sort of live mentally in that space of the glory days, the good old days when everything was so amazing and so wonderful. And if only I could go back and, you know, many times the mind is even very good at deceiving you, uh, into, into thinking they're, they're a lot better than they were. Hmm. Yeah. And we're reasoning, aren't we? We're reasoning with these ideas that I reasoning. Yeah. And so if we cast down those reasonings, this means that even at the advanced age of what she says, she's 88 years old. Wow. Congratulations. You can still, yeah, absolutely. But you can still access those new and all of those deep <laughs> thoughts and experiences and, and begin to create new imagined existence for yourself. Yes. And so as far as the outer shell of age is concerned, it's important to remember that our true essence is not defined by our physical appearance or, or even our physical capabilities. The younger version of self on the inside, may still see themselves as young and, and beautiful, but this is just a reflection of their inner essence, which is timeless. Your inner essence is unchanging. So while our physical bodies change with time, we can always reconnect with our true selves and live a life of purpose and live a life of meaning, regardless of age. Well, I have to say, I find it really interesting and a little uh, suspicious, if you will, that at any point in life, society is sort of trying to feed you this lie that you're too young, you're too this, or you're too old, or you're too that for whatever you're trying to achieve. So, you know, there's a, some scripture in the Bible 
I think it's in Timothy or something, but it, it says, don't let men despise your youth. Um, so obviously that's something that when you're youthful and you're trying to, to, to charge ahead and do big things with your, with your life, it's an issue. People are constantly telling you that you're not enough. Um, so I guess the point is just at any stage in life, there's this huge lesson that we have to learn in order to truly implement kinetic belief into our life. We have to be, um, you know, constantly establishing that identity that you're talking about, constantly reestablishing that identity and saying, no, this is what I say about myself. My word is, is law. Uh, my word is final. And that's all, that I'm just going to stick to that. That's great because it is never too late to experience the fullness of life. It is never too early to experience the fullness of yes, not of life. Yes. So to reconnect mm. or connect, I should say, with our true selves, and to find inner peace and contentment. Practice. We practice in, to transcend the limitations of the mind by casting down negative imaginations that are telling you it's too late. You've already been there. All of that stuff. You cast all of that down to become present and to live a life of beauty and joy and fulfillment. And this is going back to the foundational truth of kinetic belief that requires casting down the lie, casting down the false truth and replacing it with what we say and really what our creator says about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Another one. We've got one more. One more. Let's see. I love she- these. I love hearing from, you know, it's really exciting to, I think hear from kinetic believers and and really just to understand where they're at in life mm. and and in their uh their desire their desire for more because that's that's the beginning of like you tell us all the time it's the beginning of all wisdom and these things are universal these come in from all over the world we have listeners in every country and i love getting them it looks like this one's from london and she wrote in, she said, I wanted to say that I listen to the podcast every day and my husband and I just started the 100-Day Guided Journal. Nice. And she's on day 12. She said, we, we brought them on our recent family vacation and I thoroughly enjoyed the quiet time and space to write and to meditate in the beautiful warmth of the sun and the silky sand. Maybe she's in south of France, somewhere in Europe. But anyway, she said, it really is helping me to focus in the right way, except today I'm feeling cranky. <laughs> so you can even have a cranky day in Europe. And she said, I am curious. <laughs> Any thoughts on how to reverse this? I'm working on one positive thought after another, but I am definitely distracted. Thank you, Tricia. Hmm. So, well, first, the first thing that comes to mind is take a break from what you've been paying attention to, Tricia. I know that you're on vacation, but there's something that you are giving your thoughts over to that is feeding crankiness, even on a vacation while sitting on the beach. It is still easy to not be present during the rising of the sun. Mm-hmm. It's still easy to get caught up in, in your thoughts about the things that are happening around you, which can manifest in feelings of being cranky. <laughs> even existential <clears throat> Angst can happen in Saint-Tropez. <laughs> write that down. That is unbelievable, man. Whoa. <laughs> Who knew? That is really, oh, man. that really is good. But you know, it's so, interesting because like, I was, I was actually thinking about something like this recently because, you know, you're always talking to us about the importance of action, right? You know, mm-hmm. not just saying these things, but then choosing an action to implement. And um, the reverse of that, it's true as well. So, you know, if, you, if you're cranky and then your action becomes cranky. And then all of a sudden you are greatly reinforcing your crankiness with the action that's applied to it. And so 
one of the biggest things we can do is at least don't act unhappy. At least don't act sad. You know, you don't have to be skipping through the daisies. But at the very least, you know, don't allow the you know, sort of mm-hmm. sort of the dark cloud of mm-hmm. brooding and negativity to pour through your actions. While you're sitting on the beach journaling and <laughs> the sun is out, and while you're journaling, your mental process is you're journaling while thinking, I'm cranky. So you, you, what you do, we purpose to take a mental break from those thoughts mm-hmm. that are not aligning with our environment, not aligning with the, mm-hmm. the purposeful journaling in your meditative guided journal. I have to say something that you spoke to me uh, just a long, a long time ago, but it helped me so much. And you, and you spoke about observing, um, observing emotions, not denying them, but you know, sort of creating like a third party disconnect to the emotion that you're experiencing. And that's incredibly powerful. And I've, I've found a lot of peace and, and also empowerment through that process. You know, if you are acknowledging that you are cranky or brooding, or there's sort of some sort of depression, dark cloud over you, you know, pulling back and, and sort of having an eagle eye view of yourself and acknowledging that emotion as a separate entity from you is, oh my goodness, it's just a huge step toward being able to do something about it. By the practice of observing a feeling or emotion, we disconnect from that feeling or emotion of being self. I am not cranky. I am joyful and Mm -hmm. delightful. And I have the symptom of crankiness, which I will observe to watch come and go. It is not who I am. In other words, I don't identify Mm -hmm. with being cranky. And so whether it's going for a walk down the beach or meditating to become present in this moment, you can we can do things like paying attention to our breath the feeling of the wind on our skin the warmth of the sun the sights and sounds around us absent judgments or labels we're just practicing to just be Mm -hmm. and this this helps to reset the mood by casting down negatively inspired thoughts and just come back to our higher self Mm -hmm. and our higher thought of i am therefore i am you know, the way that you're describing this process to us, it's really illuminating that negative emotions, um, many times they're chemically based, you know, or hom- or hormonal based. And so we really shouldn't see them as anything different than if, you know, maybe we ro- woke up with a sore knee or something. Um, it, it's a it's a byproduct of living out a, a spiritual being living out this existence in a human body and we're constantly using our manifesting capabilities to, to overcome the human experience the negative aspects of it and so I think many times we disconnect you know some sort of like mental because I love that you called it a symptom you know we, we many times we disconnect the mental symptoms of being human um, from the physical and they're really not not different and they can be dealt with in very similar ways. So, you know, as a kinetic believer, if let's say you woke up with that knee pain, you would attack it immediately with talks of healing and and speech about who you are and and casting down the idea that it does that it is injured and replacing it with these positive concepts. Um, but I love again that word symptom kind of like it was this light bulb moment for me where these things work in the exact same way. We can reduce change down, as big as change might be, to mm. three simple words. And by casting down the negative in those three words, we begin the transformation of change. In other words, if you find yourself saying, I am tired, 
I am unhappy. I am sad. All of those are negatives. So you replace the third in the lineup with something positive because you are identifying with the negative. Yeah. So you say, I am happy regardless of your emotional state. I am joyous regardless of your internalized angst. I am you fill in the blank because you are the final authority. We have dominion in this world, and it will be what you say it is. Yeah. So this is the power of a positive affirmation. I am what are you? You get to choose. And then you affirm that, and the world around you changes to uh, prove it. Life is proof, proof of what you say it is. Well, and because of everything that you've taught us on the podcast, Steve, about um, the science behind belief— it's still surreal. I don't know if it will ever sink in that, you know, when we say something like I am happy, the universe starts uh, swirling and churning to, to adjust, uh, you know, vibrations and frequencies around us and and not in a mystical wizard way, but in a scientific way, a a way that the principles of the universe have to respond to what we're saying. So, um, I mean, that's still sort of mind blowing, isn't it? It proves it. Yes, it is. (laughs) So we start speaking aloud some gentle affirmations of gratitude, knowing that Mm. the, the intuition will change the reality. If you take control of intuition, in other words, don't let into intuition that has been imparted to you from a negative world be the Lord over your life. So we take that back, the reins of our own life back by speaking, we take it back. We say, no, I own this, not the, not the, uh, status quo, but I I get to decide by speaking aloud some gentle affirmations of gratitude because focusing on what you are, uh, what we're thankful for, whether you can see it or not, what we are grateful for, whether it's shown up yet or not, shifts mindset from the lower sense of self to a higher positive perspective. And so we write down thoughts in, in our manifesting journals while they're on the beach as a, a gratitude list of, of what we are calling things to be in our lives. And we practice journaling as a meditation, which is a powerful tool for resetting our feelings of well-being. And we're writing down only positive thoughts and experiences that then shift the mindset toward an optimistic longing. Mm. We are longing for to see these things because it's our expectation. And this is the practice of kinetic belief, which just cultivates an optimistic and this joyful energy to life. Kinetic belief has such a beautiful way of you know, evening out not only our emotions, but our expectations and just just the, the sensation that we carry with us as we move through life. Because, you know, a lot of times people will talk about how life is a roller, a roller coaster and they have really high highs and really low lows. But many times I think that just basic excitement about something can feel much higher than it really is because you've been in the down in the dumps, right? Um, so it's not so much that the highs come down, but the lows come up. And so, I love the idea that as a kinetic believer, when we practice all these modalities and when we journal and when we work through these processes, our life starts to feel, it's not, per- nothing's perfect, but you, you find that balance and you find an even keel within your life of emotions, expectations. Um, and it's not that you're, you know, up every morning with doing jumping jacks just 24 seven. But again, you just don't have these huge like catapulting emotions that just jerk you back and forth. A biological negative feeling needs a post to hitch itself to. And the post is a narrative. You might, you might have a headache 
for example, that is a physio- there's a physiological reason for the headache. Maybe you ate something stupid. <laughs> and so you got a little headache. But what we want to do is to now sit down with and develop a narrative as to why I have a headache. And you're oh, wow. creating a, a hitching post for that headache to hang around and, and, and it's going, oh, I have a I've been invited to pitch my tent here. This is a place where I'm invited to be Mr. Headache mm. to Mrs. Canyon for the next week. In fact, I can become a migraine if you give me enough narrative. Wow. Because we are the we're, we're creating a narrative as the authority of the physical realm. And it's either a positive one or a negative one. If we're given the excuse for the headache to stay here, it actually will stay. It's an, uh, the law of attraction at work. It's mm-hmm. saying, hey, over here, headaches and friends of the headaches, we have an wow. invitation to come and set up camp in her life. She's invited us to stay. But without the narrative, it must flee and it continues to move on. I love that. That's such a great visual, the hitching post. I see the old Western town, everybody riding up to the hitching post. and But if it's not there, it can't attach to anything. You and I were talking actually about this recently, how, um, you know, society really rewards sickness. And, um, you know, oh, you got a sick day, you get an off day. Or you don't want to go to school? Well, you better be sick. Um, you need a break? You need a mental break? Well, you better have a negative health reason for taking that mental health break. Um, so taking charge and and I just loved this conversation that we had about taking charge of our environment and making sure that we ha- that we have constructed you know that garden around ourselves that we that we have constructed that um where it does not provide hitching posts for the negative not only that but it provides really fertile soil for positivity to flourish um for feeling good all the time to flourish for speaking who you really are to flourish and, the, and these things flourish because beliefs are fundamental. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, they're fundamental. They are more creatively powerful than most people will ever realize in this life because they create the maps that guide us toward our manifestations and give us the creative authority to be able to take action mm-hmm. and to go and do something about the thing that we believe to be true. Wow. Because at its core... Look, a belief is a feeling of certainty about what something is, right? And the issue is the reason so many people struggle to succeed is because most beliefs are actually just generalizations about some past experience based on you know loose interpretations of either painful or maybe pleasurable experiences from their past. I was raised at a time when most kids were free-range I mean, there were there were no Pasture fences. Raised. We didn't have to stay in the yard. <laughs> we didn't it. have to stay in the house. We didn't. Yeah. We weren't raised in the the basement. And I could go just about anywhere at any time. I was eleven years old, and I found out that one of the kids I went to school with was on an NBC sitcom for kids. And I remember just nonchalantly one day saying to her, "said I want to be on that show." She was talking about it, and she said, "Okay." I said, really? Yeah, sure, fine. And sure enough, on Saturday morning, her parents came by my house. She was in the car, picked me up, 11 years old. I'm out at the driveway, getting a car. I don't even think my parents knew I was going anywhere. And I was taken down to the NBC studios, and I was on that show for the next five years. <laughs> this was easy. And because I was raised free range, I, didn't, I was not told that I couldn't do something. I didn't have a belief system that 
was saying that, you know, you have to have accomplished this. You have to have a lucky break. You ha- you will never amount to something. I wasn't overcoming anything. It's just I wanted to do it, and I did it. And, I, and nothing was restricting me from that experience at the age of 11. What a crazy thought that we are taught to fail. And so oh, everything that we're overcoming, you know, as we grow and go in our mm. life and the years come and go, we, you know, you realize that it's not so much that you're overcoming anything innate, anything that was like sort of pre-programmed. You're, you're overcoming all these horrible things you were taught. You have to be taught to fail because failure doesn't exist anywhere but within you. I can't make you fail. I can only teach you to fail. You know, it makes you wonder if people were taught, if they learned how to die. Because there are so many records of people living into their, well, this guy was 200, you know, this guy was 300. Um, well, according to the standards of, of, the, of the Bible in the Old Testament, it took, it took uh, what, Adam and Eve, a thousand years to learn to die. What a, what a concept. But this is where most people are challenged. It may be due to how we were raised. Most often it is. Maybe you were often told by border bullies around you that you can't do something. You're being taught to fail. Well, I want to be a, a pilot in the Air Force. Well, you have to be really good at math, and you know you're not good at math. So <laughs> I'm teaching you to fail at that endeavor. Wow. So, so far, too many people hold limiting beliefs that prevent them from manifesting experiences that they would rather have. And so the negative experiential beliefs are, they they are unconscious and they are uh, supplanted into the lower ego, lower self. They usually don't realize how they're creating those experiences either. So they continue reliving all of those past negative experiences and it it could come as just an impulse or an unction in their spirit as soon as they endeavor to do something better or greater than what they were doing yesterday. There's an impulse that says, don't, don't do that. That's not for you. You know you can't do that. And this may be, I don't even know if this question has, if it helps. <laughs> I don't know if all this your, question. All your questions help. You remember <laughs> the, the gentleman we met? She's, he said, I'm so thankful for Megan. Oh. If she, if she, <laughs> and the questions she's always asking. I hope everyone feels that I'm way. I'm grateful for Megan today. <laughs> okay, great. Because she asks oh. the right questions. Oh, man. Oh. Well, it's a, it's a genuine curiosity of, you know, of why, you know, why, why is that the case? Why are 99.9999? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that, you know, was raised by just the most amazing transcended parents and we've, I've never met them, but, (laughs) but I guess the point is, and my question is just why, like, why is it this way? Why are we all taught to fail? Why are we taught to be fearful? You know, we come into this world with everything we need to succeed all the faith, all the belief, all the secrets of the universe naturally just flowing from us as children. And then society, I don't know if it's, but it can't be society because society has gone through way too many evolutions for that to be society. I mean, this is human. This is something else. Um, It's like since the dawn of time, you know, okay, they're, they're six, eight, 10, 12, 14 years old. Let's Let's kick them, kick them till they're, till they're broken and until they believe all these terrible things. I mean, it, it just makes you wonder why. And we can understand why if you dare to go back into the quantum mechanics of existence, because remember that it's 
the spooky things that we call spooky on the quantum level make sense only from the macro. In mm. other words, if you go into quantum mechanics, you'll find that you take two particles. One is under the influence of decay and one is flourishing. Wow. And if we, if we enlarge those particles to the life that we're living in the grown-up world, you still have the impulse of decay and you've got one of flourishing. And you can equate that with life that we're living as individuals. And so you have a decaying life, a decaying particle over here. Mr. and Mrs. Jones next door are two particles that are decaying. And you see it in their speech and you hear it in their <laughs> conversation they're having. You can hear it through the window that's open at night and the dishes that are breaking. Oh, Those are two decaying particles under the influence of decay. And then you have two particles over here that are flourishing by choice because Human consciousness has given us the authority to choose either to decay or to flourish. Wow. It's the universe that we're in. It's the way it's that the it was all created. And so we're no different than what we can observe in the quantum laboratory. And so it does, <clears throat> excuse me, it does serve us to know why then, because, because you need to know. You need to know the battleground. You need to know the arena that we're all operating in and, and why that person's over there and why you're over here. Um, it's not something we just have to dwell on constantly, but at least knowing, you know, who the players are, what the game even is, the rules, how it, how it all works is not only the beginning of success, but goodness, it's really the whole key to, uh, you know, winning at this thing. This is the beauty of the human experience, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. This is this is the marvelous opportunity that we all have as human beings to access higher consciousness to make choices, to make decisions that affect our life, the standard of existence that we get to enjoy because it is a choice. We have that authority and we have the dominion. It's the way we were created. Whether you want to believe it or not, we have the power of belief to change the world that we're living in. Anyone that chooses can use kinetic beliefs to change their future experiences. Oprah Winfrey, a lot of people know who she is. She's an example of this. She was born in poverty in Mississippi and suffered abuse throughout her childhood. But despite all of those challenges, she went on to become one of the most successful and influential people in the world. Well, how did that happen? Well, she's, she's credited her success to her beliefs unchanging belief in the higher power of God, which helped her to imagine meaning and purpose in her life. Another one, J.K. Rowling. Everybody knows who that is, the author of the Harry Potter series. She experienced poverty. She came from depression and the loss of her mother during her childhood. Insurmountable odds for most people to overcome. Most people just wither up and, and die coming out of that. What would be insurmountable circumstances for most people, but she used her imagination and she used her love of storytelling to create her series of books, which, by the way, have sold over 500 million copies worldwide. Wow. But she's talked about how these memes of love and resilience in the Harry Potter books were inspired by her self-imposed imaginative beliefs. She did it to herself because she has the authority to do that. So she was not a victim to what other people, a lot of people would have fallen victim to. Wow. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. We we just got some exercise equipment. So, oh, Arnie, <laughs> been thinking about you, buddy. Another super achiever grew up in a, this small town in Austria. But he's talked about how he faced physical and emotional abuse from his father, which a lot of people have. But using his passion for bodybuilding, he became a seven-time Mr. Olympia and, of course, this hugely successful actor and governor of California. But he credits his success, and you can he's talked about it, to his belief in the power of visualization and to positive thinking. And he said he used his imagination to visualize. There it is again, to visualize himself as a champion bodybuilder and the successful actor. And he stayed with that, and he wouldn't change or divert from those imaginations. Kinetic beliefs rearranged his circumstances from that of poverty and physical abuse to great wealth and physical greatness. He's one happy guy. You can see it with, <laughs> what's, his, what's his little donkey's name? Whiskey and another one, whatever. <laughs> but he's, oh doing, he's doing what he wants to do. I want a, a donkey named well, not whiskey, maybe Bucky. Oh, my word. Walking around in the, the podcast room here. <laughs> please. Can we please get a, but there's so a many, podcast donkey? So many examples of this, right? I mean, Jay-Z, yes. right? He's the rapper, Jay-Z, a billionaire. Yeah. A philanthropist. Grew up in public housing project in Brooklyn, New York. And even though he faced poverty and he faced crime and drug addiction in his neighborhood, he's talked about the power of self-belief. And he said he's always believed in his ability to manifest his goals, always. Mm. And he adheres to higher consciousness for his identity rather than what he would see in the, the ugly world around him. So, look, it, it is so easy. No, no one has invented a sad story that hasn't been heard before. Your excuse doesn't get you a pass. <laughs> You're not the champion of, it, of you know, we, that we haven't heard this before. Uh, so it's so easy to fall into the trap of believing that we are a product of our environment. But it's also important to remember that we have the power to choose what we believe. Mm. All of these highly successful people, Meg, they refused to let their circumstances dictate who they were or what they believed. So they just chose to be the captain of their soul instead. Well, and you know, I love this concept. Uh, reminding ourselves that, you know, none of us have some sort of monopoly on pain, on hard times, on, uh, you know, uh, difficult childhoods. or I mean, there's always somebody that's got it worse, always somebody that has it better. Um, but it does make me wonder, um, I've talked to so many people, and, and you can tell that they're almost, uh, excuses are almost an addiction. Um, uh, it's something that they have done for so long, and they've clung to them, and they've lived by them. And they've they've been their constant companion for so long that that it it would almost be like you know cutting off a, a limb or something to to remove it to to actually get rid of it. And I'm wondering for someone like that, you know, what is even the first step? What's the first step to even you know living beyond the excuses if it's something that maybe you've been drowning in for for decades? Oh, there's there, you know, there. I love the the visualization of the first step, and the beauty of the first step is there really are so many first steps that one can take mm. that would meet the definition of the first step, because this is the concept of quantum entanglement that 
like we were talking about, it's just being demonstrated through classical rules in the larger world of forms where we move about day after day. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that everything is connected, we get to choose what we will be entangled with. Every one of us gets to choose. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sorry, but your excuse really doesn't entertain. It's just, I, I just don't have, we don't have... Um, I don't have the patience really to listen to excuses because they're nothing more than than uh, vain banter, mm-hmm. which really doesn't mean anything to anyone but yourself. And and it's not a good thing for you to for anyone to hold up an excuse as though this is the flag and yeah. and a a viable reason for my failure. You're just choosing to be entangled with that. But we can influence, every single person can influence their environment through their thoughts and their beliefs. Well, and and, and excuses so easily become, you know, the ginky, the safety blanket (laughs) that that everybody sort of clings to. And and so science aside, you know, yes, we understand the science of kinetic belief, but but then, you know, sometimes any good old-fashioned leap of faith. And so to, to release an excuse... And to reach out to grab onto something real, something tangible, something that, you know, that has risk involved in it. And, and to, to put yourself out there in that way where you are releasing the excuse in exchange for reaching out into the universe with expectation, with belief that you're going to be met in that place of manifestation. Um, that's kind of the only way, you know, they're, they're really, there's not some like... Ooh, drink this potion, or <laughs> there's not some like secret formula. It's it's just you have to, you know, take a deep breath, release, let go, and forge ahead. Well, without that, what happens? We continue to count on Mama and Dim, <laughs> and to take care of us and to fix our problems right. because we have, after all, so many excuses. Yeah. And I'll tell you, there is nothing more distasteful than to see a 30 year old man sitting in the kitchen sink with Mama giving him a bath. Ew. It's time to move on. Oh, man. That's just not good. So Thanks past for that, bits, Steve. Well, if that... I felt it, the most collective <laughs> groan. But isn't that what we're doing? Reverberating. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Because... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> past events can have a profound impact on lives, Maggie, and cause us to form beliefs that affect our entire worldview. And it's the person that says, you just don't understand what I've been through. No, the universe is going to back you up with whatever your expectation is. Well, that, that goes hand in hand with what with our coffee conversation, breakfast conversation this morning, which was really centric around the concept of, you know, the past ha- doesn't have what you're looking for. That's your future. You know, all the progress, all the achievements that you're that you're pressing into that's all in your future and so you know allowing yourself to sort of like linger in the past imagine the past um anything that's you know you you take the lesson you you learn the lesson and you take and you carry that with you and you move on but um you know what but what you're looking for is in your future sure but, but it's because understanding the concept of kinetic belief maggie we begin to shift our beliefs about past events to manifest the future that we want there it is. And if you're going to blame a parent or someone from the past for the bad in your life, you need to also give them credit for the good. Oh, snap. <laughs> then do the work. For, <laughs> forgive them and just move on. 
That's a big one. And you're going to begin the process of replacing negative thought forms with new and expansive positive imaginations that are far greater and more wonderful than anything that you've ever thought about and anything that you've ever imagined before. Mm. Knowledge is potential power. And applied knowledge is a dynamic tool for tearing down the walls of limiting beliefs. And it is so it is so vital to the KB's life to be a lifelong learner that seeks out knowledge with, with just laser focus. Be interested. Be curious. To go over the next hill, to open the next book, to go to the next museum. Be a, a creature of curiosity, and life will serve you well. And kinetic belief, it does serve us, doesn't it? Because um, we're, a lot of us, we're not sitting around wondering, uh, gosh, if only I knew what I could do that would be good for me. I mean, we know. you know, We know what to eat. We know what to do with our day. We know the conversations we should be having, the words that we shouldn't be saying. We know that. Um, and so kinetic belief, I love how it sort of like lassos the, the power of the universe and puts it in the palm of our hand and allows us to, you know, actually do these things we know are good for us because it's in the doing. That's where the, the rubber meets the road, <laughs> if you will. It's in the doing and being able to actually like, you know, ugh, I just said like, sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's okay. We just tell us what it's like. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> It just came out. It's that gum. It's like gum in the almond milks. I'm telling you. Oh, man. That's so funny. But it is like. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm laughing now. But the action, okay? So the action is where we want to engage. And the action is what we're always trying to engage with. It's not understanding what's good for us. We know. We know what's good for us. We know what's bad for us. But we need that power of kinetic belief. We need the help of the universe to meet us in that place because it activates our supernatural self. It activates the supernatural ability. I saw some uh, preview for, you know, some, it wasn't a superhero movie, but it was sort of, you know, mystical. Maybe they have powers or something. But somebody was like moving their hands, you know, like to move the wind. Okay. And it, it actually looked so cool on this. They had done it really well. And I was thinking, goodness, if... If we could see the power of kinetic belief, if we, if we could actually see the power of the universe in our hands, it probably would actually look a lot like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're quite literally moving particles. We're quite literally building something from nothing mm-hmm. with our faith, with our words, with the ability that our creator put in place for us to have access to and to utilize. As, as, there's no ceiling. There's no limit. Yeah, you know, just the slightest action that you would choose to take as a human being on planet Earth moves the furthest star. Mm. There is nothing without a consequence, and everything that we do has meaning. Mm. And we, we love going to museums and art galleries. Yes. So and we inspiring. experiment with art and music, and we, we, we kind of, you know, I think we've decided years ago that we love living a life off trail as much as possible. Yes. On trail, you know, we are also human beings that of, of habits. There's, there's a purpose for having some habits in your life, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And we choose our habits wisely. In other words, the yes. habit of brushing your teeth, the habit of working out, the <laughs> habit of <laughs> eating <you> properly. <laughs> Go ahead and ab- adopt those as your habitual patterns for experiential living that goes beyond thought. You're going to do this because it's good. Mm-hmm. And then those other things that are not habitual— 
we choose to embrace like going off trail because that's where the universe is going to expand and reveal more of itself to us, more opportunities. And it's going to align itself with the desires of your heart that go even beyond your your cognitive reasoning skills. And I find that in those processes that you're describing, the desires of your heart are always revealed as something that you weren't quite aware of, which I think always reinforces the idea that we are in partnership in this in this whole process. And we are in partnership with our creator because our creator obviously knows so many things about us that we're not even aware of yet. And so that's the beauty of this partnership is that, you know, you show up in belief, you show up with the kind of um, dogmatic uh, you know, assertion that you know that you deserve these things. Mm-hmm. And the universe meets you in that place saying, well, here's what you believe for. And even more, even more than you could have possibly hoped for or imagined so how do you get how do we position ourselves into the place of the universe (laughs) going okay i see see you you are now here and ready to be served more of me how do we get to the place of being served the more Mm. of showing where are we showing up when we say we're showing up it's being ready and willing isn't it and not always just doing the things that you planned for three months and six months or a year or five years and put on a calendar mm. we were living in San Diego uh, back in 2012 and I remember it was on a Thursday afternoon that we said hey let's go to Alaska tomorrow morning <laughs> well how do you want to go well let's just drive <laughs> and we hadn't even thought about it until that moment, and so the next morning we put the two little doggies in the in the truck, and <laughs> we throw a couple of bags in a lot of a lot of our stuff, and we put put it all in the truck and we drive away. <laughs> and neither one of us said, "Are you serious?" Oh no, because we <laughs> we know it was At this almost point, like we're, we we know we're we're daring each other's oh. willingness. Well, there's always the joke of like, do we do we need a chaperone? Don't answer that question. <laughs> don't ask the question. Well, the chaperone's going to come and say, don't, do, don't that. do that. Spit that out. Sit down. Don't even think about it. And don't answer the door. Spit that out. What did you put in your well, mouth? I don't know. What, but, you know, junk food. <laughs> <laughs> Too much oh, ice man. cream. But yes, the, but the power of spontaneity, it's, it, 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 it actually has a huge role when we're talking about partnership with the universe. Spontaneity will put you over there where you would not have been for the thing to show up that you would never have seen before. And you can't have it without what you were just talking about, willingness. And and there's another thing about spontaneity. There's something in you. Higher consciousness is speaking to you and myself saying, Meg and Steve, it's time to go to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's a, a long, 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 long story in of itself. But aren't you glad we did? Oh, my goodness. And we the, drove through the Yukon gosh. and the, the whiteout and the blizzard and all of the, the wild animals and herds mm. and, and the, the stories and the people we met, the journey that we had. Well, in all of these travels, you know, they sort of ignite that love affair with wild spaces, with nature, and not just any nature, but nature that um, overwhelms you. Um, that doesn't make you necessarily feel small. Maybe it does at first, but then you're immediately struck by your place in all of this and the miracle that you are to even be looking at the vista, being a part of the vista, being a part of this experience. The glaciers, the thousands of caribou, the Arctic Circle, the ice castle. I think my favorite is when we were in the Rio Grande (laughs) podcasting and 
literally an entire herd of bighorn sheep snuck up on us and and that's on me because I was facing you. I was facing them. And somehow, I mean, I don't think I'd I have never seen that look on your face before. It was well, a there so, is a herd of oh bighorn sheep on your shoulder that yeah. you don't know are there. Yeah. Well look. I mean they were so camouflaged <laughs> and they were so quiet and so stealth. And you know, it's kinda like you know those pictures when it's like find the mountain lion and you mm. look and they're just like eyes staring uh, at you <laughs> from the tree. But what are we doing when we do that? We're surrounding ourselves with with nature and with mm. the universe that knows more than we do. Yes. We're going to places oh, that know more than us. Ooh. We are experiencing the no more and yeah. we learn from those experiences of the no more. And then we can further create our beliefs that will compel us to go even further. We're, I love that we're in these spaces and these places that know more than us. Um, and that, that points to some sort of, you know, ancient existence that we are a part of yeah. ancient wisdom that is it's ancient, but it's ancient because it's eternal. It's, it's, you know, a circle has no beginning, has no mm. end. It, it always has been, it always will be. And we are in direct access to it. The best life lived is the one that is explored. Mm. And you don't have to, you don't have to tell grandpa, we're going to drive to the Arctic Circle tomorrow. Take a tour of a furniture manufacturing plant. I was going to say, you just, you really don't want to tell anyone. (laughs) That's the best (laughs) advice. Get in the car. We're we're going for a ride. Yeah. Just call. I literally, you know, I think I've called my mom from Alaska, the Yukon, (laughs) Scotland, and she literally thought I was, you know, down the street. Aren't you nearby? No, I'm in Scotland. Uh, a postcard. <laughs> Don't <is> tell always... <laughs> anyone <laughs> until you're there. <laughs> tour, tour Hershey's in Pennsylvania. Go to London. Go to Paris. Go to Rome or Scotland. Do something. Mm. Anything. But the new, it's the newness, right? It's the mm. new experience that is the key. Because inspiration comes from new ideas. Inspiration mm. comes from new. And, it is, and it's not that the thing has to be new, but it's new to you. You, you need to just sort of pack in experiences and I love what you're saying. It can be anything, anything you've just haven't done before. It, because that's fundamental to the human life. Mm. That's fundamental to Fabulous. the flourishing life. So that kind of goes back to the cranky thing, right? So the cranky mm. question at the beginning of the podcast, um, a, a great an, an, not anecdote, antidote to the crankiness would be doing something fresh, mm. infusing mm. Um, a new experience into your life of any kind. Because, you know, it's like we're built for that, right? I mean, it's like we were created to be fueled by these new experiences. And, and without that fuel, we sort of start to wither. And we do get cranky and we do get depressed. And we sort of become like maybe a shell of the former self because we've stopped doing the new thing. Um, and even the question from, you know, the 88-year-old, it's, it's as, you, as you get older, you know, you have had many, many new experiences. And so it becomes even more maybe challenging to reach out and find new experiences. But gosh, you're revealing it as just this incredibly powerful step we can take um, anytime we're experiencing those negative emotions or experiences. And when you do the new thing, purpose to have the new thoughts. Mm. Rather than doing the new thing and carrying the old thoughts with you. Wow, yeah. Look for the inspiration. Because we all create beliefs around the results of past achievements or failures until we open ourselves up to the new thought impulses. Right. But it's important to remember that the past results don't equal future results either. So for the person that was like the 88-year-old that had all of these glory days, 
in the words of Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> that had these experiences from the past that doesn't equal future results either. Yeah. It's by the letting go to open yourself up to the frequency of the, of the higher experiences. Mm that bring more life regardless of your age. You can kind of feel that happening sometimes, right? Like you start to put way too much value in something that you did in the past. You know, you won't believe, no, really, 10 years ago, I really did jump off a high dive. You wouldn't believe it. Um, But then all of a sudden, that becomes way too important a story to you. Um, And that's a flag, right? Like that's a flag that we need to release some of this stuff. We need to out with the old, in with the new. And this is where the imagination becomes so fundamental to our our new experiences as well, because it's by stacking positive kinetic beliefs one after another, including them in our manifesting journals, that even the small even the small ones, we begin to build certainty and we we build a new confidence mm. in our eighty eight year old physique. We build a new confidence in this new day, regardless of the weather, regardless of what country we live in right now. And it's confidence in our imaginations to be able to manifest what it is that we desire. And I love that, you know, we're not guaranteed that we're going to be good at any of it. Um, But guess what you can be good at? Going after new experiences and attaching this imagination that you're describing to that new experience. So, um, you know, maybe you do get thrown off the horse, but that's okay because, you know, what you were so... Well, you could be good at that. You could be very... Like, you wouldn't believe how I fell. It was an amazing thing to watch. Maybe you're a stuntwoman. That's silly. (laughs) But it's true, though. <laughs> but but in but really, though, we've had many talks, many conversations about the power of cultivating your adaptability in this life. And if you can adapt, and if you can adapt in a positive way to any situation, any circumstance, any person, any concept, you are you are other worlds beyond most of the populace on the on the earth right now. That's just the ability to be able to smile at yourself. And it's not the, it's, it's not, did I win or lose? Was I good or bad? It's just, did I delight in the experience of being there? Did I delight in the challenge of trying the new thing? Yeah. Because it's the imagined experience of the future as though it is now that creates this fantastic future. And then mm-hmm. journaling anchors the vision in our mind and in our body making it an absolute that will manifest in reality through the power of kinetic belief. Look, anybody listening to this podcast anywhere in the world right now can break free from limiting beliefs and go on and create a dynamic future. But on your journey, remember that everything is connected. And it is you and myself, all of us, that has the final authority, that has the power to be able to influence our environment and manifest the life that we desire. Mm. I've been, we've talked quite a bit on this podcast about Leonardo da Vinci. I'm fascinated with da Vinci. And it's because he was curious, wasn't he? He was curious about everything. And curious just for curiosity's sake. Not because he wanted to be good at something. Mm. But because he's just curious about it. And not simply because it was useful either. <laughs> He would spend a day watching water swirl as it went by in a stream. And so he was genuinely curious. But now that really is the defining trait of Leonardo. And it's also, it's how he pushed himself and it's how he taught himself to be a genius. Hmm. Most of us will never be able to emulate um, Einstein's mathematical abilities. But we can all try to learn from, and we can all imitate to some extent, Leonardo's curiosity. 
he was a highly observant and curious child. And he spent a lot of his time studying the world around him and just marveling at its beauty. And at just five years of age, he began to, to draw and to paint things that he saw. And uh, as he grew older, his art became more intricate and it became more detailed. In fact, you could see uh, the, the swirls he observed in water as it would cascade by in the streams in the locks of hair in some of his paintings. Despite his natural talent, da Vinci's family didn't believe the art that was anything that was worthwhile for him to pursue. He had some of the same constraints, the same border bullies that all of us will contend with. His family wanted him to become a lawyer they, or a doctor, but this was the beginning for him to flourish because da Vinci knew that his true passion was in art. And so he continued to paint and he continued to draw and his awareness of the world around him grew with intensity, became more and more. And he studied how light uh, would interact with objects. And he would just sit and watch. He would watch the light move up a wall, a stone wall. He, he would observe how shadows were cast and how colors just blended beautifully together or not. What made something contrast with another? What made it fit together beautifully? But then as he grew more aware, and you can see how da Vinci's art took on a new dimension, his, his portraits, which you and I have admired, and his landscapes became infused with a sense of vitality and power that had never been seen by anyone up until that time before. And he was able to capture the, the essence of his subjects with a level of detail and realism that was unmatched by anyone. But here's the thing. It was his unwavering awareness of his craft that, as an example of the, the principle of kinetic belief, demonstrated that a person's thoughts and beliefs shape their reality. And if you want to change your life, change what it is that you observe to think about. Da Vinci used his belief in his own abilities to continue painting and drawing despite the doubts of those people around him. And I'll tell you, that's a testament to the power of kinetic belief because by being aware of the world around you and believing in your own genius of purpose, anyone can be, is able to create works of art with their life and inventions with their lives that change the world around them. And the most important thing is to be for all of us, for anyone, 88 years old or eight years old, the most vitally important thing for anyone is to be satisfied with your existence on this earth. All of us have access to a portion that's greater than ourselves. Yes. Higher consciousness, that's just a state of awareness that transcends the limits of the ego and the physical body. And it's a state of of expanded awareness in connection to something that is greater than ourselves. And that's what we all want. The supernatural power to be connected to something greater. It's by tapping into this state that anybody can access new levels of creativity, new levels of intuition, and a new level of the greater source of wisdom. You know, there's an abundance of life that we can access within the flow of higher consciousness. Happiness, well, that comes from choices that align with higher consciousness. Imaginations that create the joy of optimism. 
perspective is, well, it's always a choice, isn't it? We take a couple of guys that work for a moving company. One of them loves their job and he, he thinks it's the best thing that ever happened to him, while the other one thinks that it's the worst thing that ever happened to him. The job itself doesn't have some separate existence, and the fragmentation of the job, that's just an illusion. There is a correlation, though, here that particle physicists are beginning to understand. It's something actually that's very profound that's happening at the grown-up level. In exactly the same way that an observer's belief can change the movements of protons and neutrons, which are the building blocks of all matter, a good attitude or a bad attitude will change the fragmentation of an experience to be able to produce an illusion that aligns with the expectations of one person, which may be totally different than it is for another. The human belief system is not based on empirical logic, (laughs) not at all. which judges all things as being either good or bad. The human belief system is reasoning with the meaning of life as defined by an empirical logic, which is based on what can be observed rather than what cannot be seen. Hmm. You know, we live in a dualistic universe where anything can be subjectively good or bad to us. And we have the authority to call things that don't exist as we would have them to exist. Our creative dominion has the power to give each one of us this endless supply of good and bad labels. We get to choose. You bought some labels the other day. You were putting on boxes in the in the cargo van. And I don't think you said this is good and this is bad, but you were, these are cables and these are microphones. We can stick them wherever we choose. We're, we are the label makers of our lives. Yes. But what we choose to believe is always up to us. What we stick on that box, that's up to you. Mm. I would say, Megan, why don't you say it this way? And you would say, my way is the better way. (laughs) Because I'm going to (laughs) remember. That's the only reason, you know. (laughs) But you you were making the labels. You had the final authority of what you were going to choose to create and then what you were going to get out of that box according to your perspective. And when you open that lid and you pull it out, that's the meaning of your own success. Mm. It's our authority. It's what we say about it. Yeah. You know, I always come out of the podcast, Steve, with feeling so empowered because I know what to do. And that's, that's, that's the best part for me about these podcasts is, um, it stirs up not only ideas and inspiration, but that eternal wisdom that we were talking about just a moment ago that guides us and, and sort of comforts us in the knowing that, Hey, I know what to do next. Because when you know what to do next, it, it really does get eliminate fear. You know, you, fear enters our lives when we feel confused and when we don't know, what do I do? What do I do? What's the answer? What's the answer? And the universe, our creator, through the power of kinetic belief, it's always there. It's always there. It's always waiting for us. It's always ready for us just to reach out and uh, through that knowledge of faith and belief to, to take it. It's always there because it's not based on what you see, is it? Yeah. On what we can see. Yeah. And this is why it is so important to focus on the causes and the principles that lead to success, what we consider to be success, rather than just the outward manifestations of what we can see. You are wealth, 
not based on what you have in your bank account, but you are wealth. You are health. You are happiness. You are joy, regardless of anything else. Mm -hmm. That's the essence of who you are. Yes. One of the key principles that leads to success is the power of choice that we're talking about. That's it. That is fundamentally it in this illusory world, because we have the power to choose what we focus on, what we believe, and how we respond to the events and the circumstances of our lives. Yes. Isn't it easy to get caught up in the illusion of good and bad? I mean, to believe <laughs> that our happiness is determined by all those external factors, that is the, the biggest con game that the universe has ever had within its realm. Mm. And it is that. For us to go around and take your label maker and say, well, that's good and that's bad. Mm. Because the truth is that our happiness, our eternal existence is the fruit of what we are choosing to contend with. Am I going to contend with a Chinese balloon floating by? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Am I going to contend with the armies of the world, with the bad news of the day, with toxicity, with things that I'm told that I should be alarmed by. Because my, my happiness is the fruit of what I'm choosing to contend with. Hmm. You know, you can take two people that are facing the same, exact same difficult circumstance. And one person chooses to focus on the negative aspects of whatever the situation is. And they, so they start complaining, and they're feeling sorry for themselves. And the other person is choosing to focus on the positive aspects and just to look for opportunities to grow and to learn from the experience. Well, which person do you think is going to be happier and, and more successful in the long run? That's an easy question for a kid yeah. to be, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So we work on the belief system first, and then actions follow. And if you believe that you're capable and you're competent and deserving of something, you are more likely to take the actions necessary to achieve that. You're going to start showing up in places that you've never been before. If you believe that you're powerless, that you're unworthy, and you're destined for failure, then you are more likely to give up and to settle for less than you're capable of. And this is why it's so important as a, as a kinetic believer to give yourself permission from day one to focus on self and to you know be introspective and to consider self knowing that the power, the fruit of that, uh, the fruit of that unconditional self-love is going to flow out through you. It's going to affect your entire life. Um, you know, just taking permission granted um, from, from the very beginning to not only love ourselves, but to nurture ourselves and to spend this time um, saying, you know, look, my creator took the, the time, the thought, the love, the, the essence of, of life to put me here for this time. Right. <laughs> let's, let's, um, you know, discover as much as possible and, and acknowledge the, the beauty that's within ourselves and, and, and the power and just, I mean, goodness, don't you just want to see how far you can take it? And only see that. Yeah. Put those blinders on and just allow yeah. yourself to see that. Just like the, the horses in Charleston, South Carolina, pulling those carts around. <laughs> they have the blinders on so they don't see the, the, all of the other stuff that they shouldn't be paying attention <laughs> True. to. True. Because, you know, Marcus Aurelius was Roman emperor and regarded as one of the most important philosophers regarding the, the nature of reality. And he wrote in his book, Meditations, he said, Our life is what our thoughts make it. Mm. That's yeah. pretty concise, isn't it? 
you pared that down. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> signing off forever. We're but, just going well, we to play are, that quote But here we are again two, and again. 2,000 years later <laughs> when quantum physics, physics proved that thoughts and beliefs shape reality, that success and happiness are determined by our kinetic beliefs rather than external factors. Our minds shape our experiences and cultivating positive, empowering beliefs. That's what creates the life that anyone desires. A kinetic belief is fundamental to reality. A belief that has been just kinetically charged creates the life we desire. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Let's do it. Just say this aloud. Say, my true passion lies within me. My true passion lies within me. And I will pursue it. I will pursue it. Despite any doubt or disbelief. Despite any doubt or disbelief. I am aware of the world around me. I'm aware of the world around me. And it inspires my art craft. And it inspires my art craft. Of my life. Of my life. To reach new heights. To reach new heights. I choose to observe. I choose to observe. How light and shadows interact. How light and shadow interacts. Blending colors together. Blending colors together. To create all these masterpieces. To create all these masterpieces. For me to enjoy. For me to enjoy. The portraits and landscapes, the portraits and landscapes of my imagination, of my imagination, are infused with a sense of vitality and they're, power. They're infused with a sense of vitality and power, unmatched by anyone. Unmatched by anyone. I believe in my own abilities. 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 And use my unwavering awareness. And I use my unwavering awareness of my craft, of my craft, of my genius of purpose, of my genius of purpose to create art. To create art. That changes the world and beyond around me. That changes the world and beyond around me. It's my thoughts. It's my thoughts. And my beliefs. And my beliefs. That shape my reality. That shape my reality. And I choose to observe the world. And I choose to observe the world. All of the world. All of the world. In a positive light. In a positive light. I tap into the flow of higher consciousness. And I tap into the flow of higher consciousness. By accessing new levels of creativity. By accessing new levels of creativity. And new levels of intuition. And new levels of intuition. Abundance is all around me. Abundance is all around me and I choose to align my choices and I choose to align my choices with higher consciousness with higher consciousness to experience happiness to experience happiness I am limitless I am limitless in all of my potential in all of my potential and it's my genius of purpose it's my genius of purpose that drives me forward that drives me forward and drives me forward and drives me forward one day one day one moment one moment at a time at a time my existence on this earth my existence on this earth is satisfied is satisfied through my unwavering commitment through my unwavering commitment to pursuing my passions to pursuing my passions and to living in higher consciousness and to living in higher consciousness you know gandhi said be the change you wish to see in the world we have the power to create the world that we want to live in yeah. and it's by embodying these values of unconditional love and forgiveness and self-belief that we we can attract positive change in our lives and the lives of all the people around us so let's Carry this wisdom with us, making the world a better place, one KB at a time. Yes. It is so easy to believe that our circumstances define us. But the truth is, and we've lived this, Maggie, we have the power to choose our realities, and we have the power to shape our existences. So we never give up, never, ever give up, and we never cave in, and we never quit. Because we practice unconditional love and forgiveness while developing in our highest viewpoints for living this life. The science of quantum entanglement, 
oh my goodness, it demonstrates that everything is connected. Like, well, like religion is known for many, many years in all of its forms and broken ways as well. But we have the ability to choose what we will be entangled with. Knowing that, choose to not entangle with toxic thoughts, toxic news, toxic politics, or toxic people anymore. It is important. It's not to be played with. This isn't just some feel-good thing to say. It's, it's vital to your life because thoughts and beliefs influence your environment and they shape your future. And all those past events, they may have left a lasting impression on, on all of us, actually. But it's through the power of kinetic belief that we shift our beliefs and we manifest the future that we've always desired, individually and collectively, at any age. And by practicing self-love and forgiveness and belief in ourselves, we become the captain of our souls, truly. So believe in yourself. Learn to not be results-driven, but belief-driven. And your continuous, unchanging expectation It'll change the world around you. Mm. I know I'm inspired to go out there today and chase the light, chase the positivity, and chase those new experiences that are going to give us the inspiration that we so crave, that we so desire. Um, If you haven't already, one new experience you can have is to go to stephencanyon.com or send us a text, 844-844-0049, and that's a great way to stay in touch. And as we move throughout 2023, we're going to be sending emails, text messages, working on a community online, and ever-growing, ever-on, the Kinetic Bully family just continues to grow exponentially. We're scheduling ourselves into some KB meetings and black box theaters around the world. Hope to see you guys live and in person somewhere soon. Yes. Sending out so much love and so much light to all you KB creatives all around the world. Thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.